generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Just sign the deal, but I need my advance on the next one too. They know I'm going to be around. Yeah. I need it. Metro Boomer and want some more. Because I got a really big team and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team. I got a really big team. They need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team, man. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, the Keep the Change podcast with Mikey Smith. Good to see you as always, mate. (laughs) Thank you again for having me, mate. I've got no idea what this pod's about. <laughs> You've just turned it on and put record. I have. I have. You thought I was just listening to music over here, but no, no. I've got a topic written down, and this is going to be called Small Pond Big Fish. Oh, yeah. I like fishing. <laughs> we know you do. Do you want to just take two minutes to tell us about your trip to New, Caledon- New Caledonia before we get into oh, the man. small pond and the big fish? I like the happy pods, eh? Yes. This was, oh, this was this bad. This bad. Okay, should we nah, say... No, 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 that's all right. So, so you valet parked your car at the yeah. airport again <laughs> yeah. and a boat. Yeah. Took my keys. Is this a carry-on <laughs> boat? <laughs> so anyway, this this trip to New Caledonia is a live aboard the boat and you fish from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to sleep. So it's like hardcore sport fishing. Um, it's very hard-fighting fish. There is no killing of the fish. They all get released because the reef is like... It's a beautiful place and we want to protect it. But it's cool to get photos with the fish and put them back and blah, blah, blah. So we get there and then it's a five-hour drive when we land to the north of New Caledonia. We land in Yumea and end up in a place called Kumak. We stay in a barbed wire fence hotel overnight. Sure. Yep, pretty safe up there. And then we get on the boat in the morning and then we go offshore for five days 200 plus kilometres. You were good. Yep. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I was that. testing myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're just playing with mics. Um, yeah. And 200 plus kilometres to like the most amazing fishing grounds, you know, in the Pacific. And about an hour in, we had the old boat breakdown, mate. So we turn around and we go back because it's got two motors. So we go back on one motor and spend sort of most of that day fixing it, get it going, and we decide to drive off, go a bit further than normal. You know, you sort of fish all the way up the reef up to the top point and then fish back down. And then we fished a bit the next day and then we waited to save this beautiful patch of reef 220 kilometres away from Newcal. And we anchored and in the morning the other motor didn't start. Now, boats, if you go on as many boats as me, like my mate that I was with said, 
you're going to have problems. Like salt water, ocean, boats get a hard time. They get a way harder time than cars. They just take a hiding. And you're going to get unlucky at some point if you do that many hours on the ocean. So no hard feelings to the guys we were with. It's just bad luck. But driving back on one motor, 220 kilometers offshore, at four and a half knots, which is like eight kilometers an hour, took two and a half days. Jeez. And it was a big boat. And it was like 50 feet launch or something like that. And it feels big. And it's fine when you're fishing, but it feels really small when you're stuck with six men for <laughs> two and a half days, just nothing to do. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> that was a fuck up. So the fishing, we didn't really fish. We did a little bit of fishing, but not really. Get back to land. There's some regatta on in Numea that um, all of the kids of Australia and New Zealand's wealthy families were there Ooh. and booked out all the fucking hotels. <laughs> no. So we get back and we stay in this place up north again. It's dangerous. I've actually got a photo of the barbed wire fence. It's hilarious around the thing. Rolling gate code to every 24 hours, let you in and out because they want to change the gate code every 24 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, Sounds um, like Danny Burke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, we get back down to Numea and they're like, New Caledonia could instantly increase their tourism by allowing the internet. No like, internet. You can, for me to use roaming there, it would cost between two or $3,000 per day. Holy jeepers. Yeah. So every time you open an email, like 50 bucks. That's crazy. Sheesh. So we're trying to find like Wi-Fi, which is mainly only at a hotel. Wi-Fi, the one at the top didn't really work. So we get back to Numea and we get a hotel and we get absolutely cleaned out on the prices. I can't, I don't know for sure. I haven't worked out the exact conversion, but I remember thinking it was like 700 a night. Wow. <laughs> for this hotel because, you know, we went to be on the boat, we didn't plan it or anything and it's there's this regatta on so there's no room and but we get Wi Fi and then I'm like, I'll pay for the hotel, but we're getting the fuck home. I'm like, any cost. You've had enough. I've had enough, man. Like we were we were done, eh? Like we mm. we just we'd had our hopes and dreams taken away from us. Yeah. And we just wanted us black. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, money can solve this issue. I know it can. Like so I go on, get, we finally find Wi-Fi, pay for stupid price hotel so we can use the Wi-Fi. I'm like, I'll find an airline, find Air New Zealand, no seats, please call us. Okay, try another airline. Air Caledonia is the only other one. No seats. So we call around. One of the other guys was calling a travel agent and there's four of us, right? And the other two guys <laughs> got two seats and bounced the next day and then we couldn't get any so we, had to end up, we ended up stuck there in New Caledonia, <laughs> couldn't get a flight out. Money couldn't solve the problem. Wow. And uh, we ended up having about 12 beers and... Cost $80 million for two, 12 beers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think the food and stuff is okay price, but yeah. And I feel I do feel a bit sorry for that place, eh? Like, it's not in a, in a good spot after COVID, eh? Yeah. Just like shops barred up graffiti. It's Oh, really? Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I feel like I remember there was a thing like Club Med on the TV. It used to be like a Numea hotspot for tourism. Like, wasn't there. Nah. <laughs> it wasn't there. Nah. So, Jeez. yeah, but, you know, no one had any sympathy for me. I was like, when I got Wi-Fi, I was texting Taylor, my partner, and I was like, oh, yeah, just like, this is absolute torture, eh? Like, we came here for a purpose, and now I can't even work because we can't use the internet properly and do anything. Like, we're literally stuck here, and I've there's no activities. There's an aquarium, which is like the size of this office. Yeah. And our activity is beer. 
And she's like, oh, cool, forced holiday. I was like, thanks. <laughs> forced holiday. So, yeah, like yeah. his nightmare. Yeah, it's the worst thing ever. So, yeah. But um, we got home, mate, and um, yeah, my car was it. at the airport, so that's a good <laughs> that's a win. That's an improvement on your last yeah, trip. So, anyway, that one's done. So, I go to the Gold Coast next week to try and have a better trip. <laughs> I don't know if you should mention that you're going on another holiday, but anyway. Well, um, you just had one, didn't you? Yeah, oh, look, I went away for a weekend, yeah, mate. I, was, I wasn't, you know, sailing up to the Bahamas or something <laughs> like you do, but but anyway. Um, this this potty comes out of a couple of conversations that I've had and things that I've overheard, and it's kind of got me thinking that, yeah, I'll, I'll explain sort of two of them. So one, I, I often ask people, if you come back to New Zealand and you've been away, I'm like, what what do you notice? And I'm just intrigued to see what they say. And one person said to me, they're away a lot, and they said, "Oh, I crack up when I come back to Auckland because it's just, um, it's just all these people just trying to pretend they're somebody, but where I go to, like that'd be an absolute fucking Ants. nobody, yeah, basically." And so they were basically just saying it's, um, it's quite funny to kind of watch when you, when you come back and you get back on social media and you kind of notice all of the. Uh, people trying to clamber over each other one to sort of prove that they're someone. And you see, it's like these, these, uh, uh, what are they, goldfish that have got the low memory, right? <laughs> Going around a fishbowl thinking that, you know, this is, that Auckland or New Zealand's <laughs> just like all that exists. Yeah. But they've got no idea that this massive world exists out there. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then another person, been to New York, and I said, "Oh, what did you, you know, what did you notice about coming back? Oh, it's just such a reminder of how easy it is to get ahead in New Zealand. Not in those exact words." I said, "Interesting. You know, t- tell me more." Well, you know, you go to New York and it's just massive, and it's hustling, it's bustling. You, you you're fighting to be recognised and to to get somewhere and to go everywhere you go, you know, you've got to basically be like sort of bustling for it and it's just huge. And you could go there and be known by absolutely nobody. But in New Zealand, you can come back and you can get really good at something and you can become a big fish in a small pond. And I thought, wow, okay. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, and I thought, there's a real positive there. Mm. Because that's often what we're trying to tell people is the thing that stops Kiwis from attempting this though is that they, oh, I don't want to you know get too recognised, or oh, I don't want to put my hand up too far because you know people might try and like bring me down or they don't have the confidence to do it or they're still worried about what people might think. But if you can get past that stuff, you do have a bit of an unfair advantage in New Zealand where you can build up a brand, a personal brand or a business by becoming well-known or really good at something quite quickly because there's only really 4 million people that may be watching because the rest of them probably not of the right age yet to be seeing what you may be doing. But obviously there's downsides to doing those things as well. If you then look at the All Blacks, for instance, where you can become a, a household name. We went down and watched some rugby the other weekend. Kids just poking them, just poking them after the game. Oh. Can I have your boots? <laughs> Can I have your jersey? I'm like, where's your dad, mate? He teach you some lessons, some manners. <laughs> no please, no nothing. Where was this? 
This is in uh, Hamilton. Oh, wow. That explains it. <laughs> <laughs> They're just poking the, poking the players. Give me your boots. Can I have your boots? And those people are obviously, you know, I think the All Blacks are probably the pinnacle of the people that get recognised in New Zealand society because that's the has been the, the number one thing to kind of aspire to be like for probably brand recognition almost, Ever. right? Yeah. Ever. Yeah. You know, how many wheat books can you eat or whatever? Uh, and it's just, you know, we've all grown up through watching all that stuff. But, um, you know, they've got to be very good at that to actually be able to yeah, they'll be, do that. They'll be taught and trained about how to handle those situations for sure because they've got to uphold an image. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's all the, the downside that comes to that. And that's, again, the stuff that we see in the media. Oh, such and such made one small mistake. Oh, cool. Fucking everyone, just pause the whole country. <laughs> yeah. We better mug off that All Black for the next 72 hours and tell them how much a piece of a shit they are and how they should have known better. And don't they know that they're a role model to my son? Well, maybe they should. your son should learn some bloody manners before he's uh, poking them for the... But, you know, so then people go like, oh, I wouldn't want to be famous. I wouldn't want to be too out there because, you know, that's going to happen to me. And it's like, well, newsflash, you're probably not going to be on the All Black type level. Mm. So why not build some attention, build some brand, build some recognition from being really good at something. Everyone loves going to the awards and winning an award for doing something that they're good at. That's accepted in society. Mm. Uh, at a at a small level, at any sort of level, and it's like, yeah, that's cool. Like people do, they like that shit deep down, I'm sure of it. But then it gets too big, it's like, oh, nah, because that's scary, because then we know that all the keyboard cowards will come out and cut you down as soon as they find that you did something wrong or something the way that you didn't want it. They didn't want you to be doing it. But I think we should all remember as much as this country can be perceived to be tricky to get ahead in, and then we introduce new taxes and all these types of things, and you think, is it even worth it? Remember that you can quite easily in this country become a big fish in a small pond. And someone like Johnny Danger, who ended up passing away, for instance... Just come out of nowhere. It's like a household name. Yeah. Mm. And then you've got a William Wairua, for instance, who I think is another good example. And then people are, oh, I don't like him. Oh, he's boring. Whatever. Like, who cares? No one, like, it's not about what you think. Mm. It's about it can be done. Young guy, always funny, always creating content, had a great Snapchat channel, then moved over to Instagram, got more recognition, got some things done, and bang, now is on he gets a TV slot yeah. doing some shit. And Even someone like Lee Hart, man. Lee Hart, he's 660. A, funny as. He's, but he's ended up in like beer and chips and mm. all sorts of stuff. And it's all from personal branding, really. Yep. And he started with a late night, well, Moon TV actually back that's in the right. day. Yeah. 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 Late in a late night big breakfast show in a Target store. Oh my God. That shit's <laughs> so funny. And the, you know, like the 660 dudes. Yep. Playing music in Dunedin. Oh. We're actually quite good at this. People want to come and see us. Building attention. they got anthems now. Yeah. Oh, maybe we should have a uh, concert at Eden Park. It does happen. It does happen. And it happens to business guys too. There's Mm. there's not no multi-millionaires and billionaires here. They're they're here. Yep. And they started here or came here and did it or whatever, you know. Like, it's it's available. Um, I think it's a... It's probably a time commitment, eh? It is. Like, yeah. you can't just be like, I'll do this in three months. Well, 660 didn't go from, oh, should we get on the piss and sing some songs at our flat to, oh, hey, excuse me, can we please hire out 
Eden Park yeah. and fill that thing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> it like, doesn't happen like that. Yeah, but of course there'll be people that uh, think that that stuff does happen overnight, but it's all of the smart chess moves along the way yeah. to be able to do it. But, you know, I think you can... We were working with a client last week and I said to them, who's in your area doing this? Oh, there's this dude and there's this dude. I'm like, how old are they? I'm like, oh, they're this age and this age. I'm like, oh, how good is this? And they were like, well, what, what, are, you, what are you frothing up about over there? I'm like, well, <laughs> you're basically the reverse of them. So I'm like, you can, you've got a massive unfair opportunity because if they try and build their brand, it's just going to be, oh, it's that guy or that guy, but then you're so different, so you're the one that's going to get recognized, mm. and you're going to grow way faster than them, and they're going to go, oh, it must be what you're doing, which it'll be part of, but it's just that, well, it's not just that, but it, part of it is you're way different, but also very good at this, so then we can explode this way faster. And that is the advantage that we have in New Zealand where you can, you've got the ability, if you can build up the courage to do it, you can get your head up above everyone, and it's going to be on a chopping block because it's just New Zealand, it's how we roll, but you can have a crack if you want to, and mm. if you can build yourself up to be the person that's that can do that, and you can basically pick any industry, anything you want to be working on, and it's there for you if you want to do it, because most people will be too scared to, so they just won't do it. 100%. <laughs> Simple as that. Simple as that, yeah. yeah. It's a, um, there's facts right there, people. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, just that, that is a, f- a funny one. If you... Like, you have less competition than you think. Bingo. Your competition's usually the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's the, like the, mm. the, like we say, hit the go button and find out along the way because, you know, you can say, oh, such and such is doing this at the moment and this and this at the moment, but, you know, if you do if you do something better and longer, you'll win. Mm. And those people probably aren't thinking like that. So... You know, that's why this, That's why there's always, um, like, of the Fortune 500 companies in the last hundred, the previous 100 years, there's only, like, 25 left on that list now. Because new people come in, they do it faster and better, yeah. and then just, just wipe them out. And that's how it happens, you know, and it's just natural. So don't be afraid of it. Just go for it. I whacked this video on LinkedIn the other day. And I'll play it for you just in case you haven't heard of it. Well, maybe I did play it for you another time. Number one is people telling you that you're privileged. That's the fashionable thing to do at the moment. People on their fucking iPhones on the internet want to tell other people that they're privileged. Good one. Number two, you'll get accused of toxic positivity. Oh, don't work so hard. You better fucking slow down. Why are you trying to be so happy? Unbelievable the amount of negative fuckwits that will tell you that you're too positive. Get your head around that one. Number three, oh, this one's a goodie. You'll be a simp. Oh, you're a simp for capital. You're a simp for cash. These are the same morons that work for a fucking living and then take the piss out of people that are trying to get themselves out of that same position to do more for themselves and their family. But anyway, you're the simp apparently. Remember this. Most Kiwis will never get criticised because they're so fucking average at what they do. Average Kiwis don't get criticised. The people that poke their heads up and try and do more, they're the ones that get criticised. It ain't really LinkedIn content, eh? Not at all. <laughs> but I cranked it. Did and you I wrote a post. 
warning, severe language. Want to be successful in New Zealand? Get ready to be called these three names. But don't let it stop you. One, privileged. According to someone privileged themselves, sweet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Accept it and get on with it. They clearly haven't. Number two, toxic positivity. Nice for the negative people to tell you. Let them cut their own path, not yours. Number three, a simp. I had to Google this one. Want to earn more to get ahead to change your life? Epic. Don't forget that those stuck in a job that hate it, working for cash to pay their living will tell you that you're the money-hungry simp. Makes sense, ha? Huh? Accept this bullshit and grind on to achieve your goals, not please their expectations of how everyone should live. It's there for you. Let's go. Now, this went off on Instagram, and I posted it on TikTok at the same time. Mm. Went nowhere on TikTok. I'm like, oh wow, really? Hmm. And so I thought, too much swearing. Well, yeah, I didn't know. It was <laughs> it was after I like a lot of my content started getting throttled, and I thought, okay. I know that this is a good piece of content because basically people on Instagram are really engaging with it and sharing it around. So I'm like, something's wrong here. And I thought, I'll post it again on TikTok. And I did, and bang, it went nuts. So it was obviously... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. So there's a hack for people out there if you do post content, <laughs> um, repurpose your content and don't just think... Like, I look at content as an asset. Can you repost it? You never know who's going to see it the yeah, next time. Or didn't, yeah. It couldn't be fucked the time the first time you posted it and whatnot, right? And then I thought... I'm going to wait until I'm like really in a 120% Luke mode where I'm going to be able to cop the DMs, the abuse, the negative whatever, and, and I'm going to just crank it on LinkedIn and just see how it floats. LinkedIn, I, is, <laughs> LinkedIn is like, oh my God. <laughs> I had a, a gym session, went to the sauna, and I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty, I'm feeling pretty steely. I'm just going to pump it out. Yeah, good. And it's had... 252 likes, 44 comments, two shares, 20,000 impressions. So that's not that good for you, eh? That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, but people have sent this to me and been like, wow, amazing. Thanks so much for posting this. And I've had emails, saw your video about privilege or about whatever. Could you come and speak at this? Or what would you think about doing this? Or how many takes did that video take? Uh, I can't remember with this one. I was really fired up at the time. Didn't so didn't miss a beat, eh? No. You well, nailed I, it. <laughs> for the people out there, what I did do, though, is I went on a little bit longer, and it didn't add any value, and so I just stripped Cut that it down. down. Yeah, because right. I think I might have gone a bit overboard. <laughs> in the, in the <laughs> oh, it didn't sound like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, arguably the video is pretty overboard. But, um. You know, even though I'm like, oh, is this really content for there? But I'm like, maybe some people really want to hear this right now. And unbelievably, there's not really been too much. Like, I'm sure there's some people going, no, you've you know, you've missed the point here or whatever. Because there was plenty of that on TikTok and Instagram, and that's cool. Because I think, you know, content, good content, should kind of sit in the middle. But um, there's obviously a whole heap of people on LinkedIn that have seen this and gone, yeah. I relate to that. And most people are then saying, oh, this is you just explaining tall, tall poppy syndrome kind of thing. But yeah, but I think you're explaining that like the, it's like the people relate to it because they want the hope. Yeah. Yeah, which is lacking in society right now, but in New Zealand. Mm. So it's a, it's like, a, oh yeah, fuck, reminder, boom, let's, let's yeah, roll. I can't have a crack. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. If, if you're worried about putting your head up above the, the trench or whatever the terminology is, you're probably overthinking it in your head as to how 
niggly or frustrating or how intense that kind of feedback from people could be. And if you're good at something or got a good message, then you can get in front of people in this country because the unfair advantage is that, like I said before, so many people won't be willing to do it. But find your style and find how to deliver a message because it could be taking it back to a work environment where you really know you should say something in a meeting, but I've only been here three months. Or, oh, but I said something last week. Or, oh, I'm I'm only a whatever title and I'm not a that title. And it's usually those people that say something. You know, you've got to put in... I even have to test myself doing this when I go to presentations of with people speaking that I listen to, I challenge myself to be like, ask a question. I get more nervous about asking a speaker a question than I do speaking at an event. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but I'm like, hmm, there's a gap there for me. I should probably just become more comfortable at asking questions. (laughs) (laughs) And I can recall times in my career where I've gone and when I was employed and go, I've got something really valuable to add here, but I just don't really have the balls to say it or I'm a bit too scared, or I'm a bit too scared about what people are going to think, and then I'll wait till after the meeting, and I would say to someone, oh, this is what I thought about that, and they would go, why didn't you say that? That's yeah. epic. Like, let's email it to them, and I'm like, oh, oh, I just, you know, I wasn't sure if it was my place. Like, So I think we all have these in different areas of our life. And it's a bit of a fear of confrontation too. Yep. Rejection. Like, I've, <clears throat> I've put off... Uh, doing like video content on my social medias about how the mortgage game works for so long, partly because of laziness. And for a long, but for a long time, my excuse was like, I can't be fucked listening to people telling me that it's wrong this and wrong that. Yeah. But now I'm like so confident that I'll just answer it. And if you just tell them what it is, I just know the industry so well that I'll be okay with it now. Mm. Um, I've actually got a booking with a videographer tomorrow, mate. Really? Yeah, I'm going full noise. Wow. Yeah, I've actually got a list here on my phone of like 27 videos that I've been making on my <laughs> holidays over the, over the, on the flights and stuff like that. So, Twi- oh, so tw- that's probably one video per flight for you recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's, yeah, I'm thinking about. Oh, I haven't really done any video. What I might do is make 27 of them. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, I think um, like this is so this is a good example. Like, put it off, put it off, put it off. The competitions in the mirror, make yeah. it like make a decision and do it. You know, like I, the biggest thing for me was that trip to Singapore and coming back and like you need to hit the go button on more stuff, <laughs> stop procrastinating and and like, it's almost like I let myself get away with that because, the system and what I'm doing is pretty good, mm. and I'm doing pretty good, but could be way better. Could be way better. Could be way so better. Improvements. Yeah. So and you know it's time to hit the go button on a few things. So two different views of New Zealand and Auckland. One probably more of a negative context, but said in a in a way of kind of this is what I noticed. And I thought, yeah, I could see that because mm. you live in a completely different world to New Zealand. When you come back, you must just think, oh, what are these people you know, trying to act so important for? When yeah, you know, what's the what's the, even the point of that? But and then the other one, kind of a realization of, oh, you know, they basically said to me. I don't know if I would have been able to achieve what I've achieved in New Zealand if I was to do it in America, and it made it's maybe more grateful for, um, you know, 
the fact that I have the confidence to go and do that and then they're sort of like, oh, how do we teach more Kiwis that they could do some of these things so they're then wanting to do some content around trying to help people have that confidence to email that person, ask for that interview, ask for that uh, discussion with the careers advisor or the person that's got that role that you want and those types of things. But I think we're sort of conditioned to just be like, oh, don't ask, don't ask, you know, just, uh, just yeah, I think wait for it I to think come. a natural reaction is like um, we, we build up our own anxiety thinking about if people some if you say something and they say no yeah or you know <clears throat> when you're in when I was overseas and stuff you feel like there's no threat of of because uh, no one knows you there's no threat of someone like if someone tells me to fuck off I'm like cool I'll go back to New Zealand <laughs> yeah so I, so I'm like I'm like asking people what they earn I'm asking like credit <laughs> guards and shop guys about mortgages. And like it's stuff that you probably don't walk around saying here, but because there's no fear on the back end. So I think if you come back to New Zealand and carry that mindset of like just ask or speak up in that meeting or and because you would do it if you weren't scared of the downside result and then you've got a chance at the upside result anyway. So if the downside result was removed from your brain, there wouldn't be any anxiety created and you'd just say it. Mm. So I think that's one of the things, eh? And it's hard to... I'm trying to think of something... Do you remember when you're young, mate? You're at college. And you get your, your first girlfriend or your second girlfriend. And you you know, you might have finished school or whatever. That was after uni for me, actually, mate. Yeah. I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> uni or whatever it is. <laughs> no. And then you go to a nightclub and you haven't been able to, you know, have a conversation with a girl before. But now that you've got a girlfriend, you can have a conversation and it feels like the girls like you better. Have you had that experience? No, but I've read about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same thing because the person is full of confidence because they're not scared about the result. They're not trying to get that mm. new girl to be their girlfriend and they're not scared of getting rejected. Therefore, they just have the conversation and it's more authentic and natural, which the other person then likes. And next thing they're like, oh, shit. And next I got- thing you're cheating on your missus. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I was about to say, you're getting accused. <laughs> you're being accused of but being that's, too friendly. that's the example. And it's the same with when you're trying to, um, when you're starting in business and you're trying to get your first few clients, you're scared of the, the rejection side of it, not the upside. And you should, you know, and you, but you just need to do the right thing and keep talking and be confident. It's the same thing. It's the yep. same feeling and it stops us from moving forward. So I think a really good thing is just to keep push and push through that and, just be wrong a few times, get used to it, yeah, move forward. I think a good example, well, a couple of things. On on your point, I think we overplay our self-importance, so then that stops us because we think, oh, you know, we're, we're way more important than what we are, which people are they're worried about their own shit, not, yeah. not you. But also, I think a good example is, can you picture the Briscoes lady? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, imagine how many Kiwis can. Yeah. Have you ever had anyone tell you, oh, fuck, I hate that Briscoes lady? Yeah. And what's she ever done to you? You know? It's, Nothing. It's, yeah. It's, it's weird how people will then go like, oh, I hate that person. <laughs> I love the Briscoes lady. What have a you, champ. Have you met? <laughs> have you even met her? Like, <laughs> what do you mean you hate that person? Like, I've never seen her in real life. You know, I've never met her. I don't know anything about her except 
Fuck it. I've got an inside scoop here, mate. Oi. Apparently she wears a wig. Okay. So you wouldn't know her in real life. There we go. That's her secret. Interesting. There you go. But Smart. anyway. Repetition is what I was going to say. Yeah. Repetition over time. And that is, I think, a, a number of people that become highly well-known in New Zealand is they are a, uh, you know, it's it's repetitive and then it gets embedded into our brain. I'm going to say something highly controversial. Oh. And I don't want to offend anyone with this, so please don't take it uh, out of context. I said last week, I said, a lot of people don't think Jacinda Ardern's a good leader, but you'd have to say she's a, I'm going to swear for this one, she's a fucking good influencer. Yeah, you can say she's a bad leader, but the data says otherwise. What I mean by influencer (laughs) is that she can go and be invited to, apparently to um, like a fashion shoot. You know she's minted forever now. Huge, huge like, audience build. Yeah. yeah. As soon as she decides to either, if she loses or decides to leave the Labour Party, instant wealth. Mm. Because yeah. she put herself out there and put her on the world stage and did yep. it just like that. And no matter what you do, what you believe or what you try and help other people to do, people aren't going to like it. They're going to bring you down and you might love or hate her or whatever, but... She's built up like phenomenal influence worldwide and almost been able to Mate, build up brand New Zealand through her I own influence. I just liked the 1pm COVID meeting in March by the end of, by like the start of April so much that I never watched the news since, ever. That's yeah. how much I disliked it. I remember in August 2021 talking to people like, I've got to go, the 1pm meeting's on. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? She had that much... Influence over people, yeah, that she could get people to stop what they're doing and go to a TV. Mm. Unreal influencer, very, very good. That's next level, man. Possibly she, the possibly one of the best, yeah. And again, there'll be some people listening to this don't like her, do like her, whatever. It's just an observation. And I thought, well, you know, if she would have to be, if you were to say that was. Now, that's what a job title is for some people on Instagram. Man, she could give out lessons on some of that shit. But anyway. Um, I think she has millions of followers on social media. Yeah, I don't know. One of the most, follow, one of, the most followed of, you know, of all time. Mm. Possible. So, maybe you want to be or accept that you could be a big fish in a small pond. And it could just be the area that you live in. And you might want to become known as the... Local go-to person in the community for organising the bloody netball every Saturday. And you become that person by becoming really good at it. Or it could be that you want to go full Jacinda mode and become the influencer of the year and clock being a politician and whatever the metrics are for that. I'm not entirely sure. But it is possible and it is there for the taking if you want it. And you will be blown away how many people you can actually reach. I went to the races in Australia over the weekend. 44,000 people there, I think. Ooh. Big old doozy. It's like an All Blacks game. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm in Sydney. Uh, like, if I go to the horse races in New Zealand now, usually I'll see someone I know just through the work yeah. that I've done in that space. Go to Australia, and I actually took some people from New Zealand, and I thought, oh, quite sweet today, because I'd be able to have quite a few beers <laughs> without, <laughs> you know, having a talk. Hey, look, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, still... Like oh really? <laughs> where we were in our little area, <laughs> hidden away down in one one of the grandstands, 
a few people wanted to come and um and like have a bit of a yarn with me or ask like oh what um, you know what should we be backing or yeah it's very part random. of the game mate you just got to take it on the chin that's it you chose to be famous yeah <laughs> well there you go <laughs> you know so you can um yeah you can you can build up an audience or people will recognise you much like the Briscoes person for instance where you may not have even believed that to happen and you could go places and a lot of people won't even say anything to you anyway because they won't want to but I think use it for the right reasons and figure out what do you really want to get known for being like good at or actually become good at something and then and then own that space and build it up and know that it is there for the taking. 100%. I think, I mean, what sold Jacinda, small pond, big fish, the biggest fish maybe in terms of influence, now she's opened up the big the big pond. You know, she's clocked it. And now mm. she can leave the country and go and do it somewhere else and carry that notoriety and influence and, and record, track record with her and go and big on to move from the small pond to the big pond if she wants. That's right. So it just keeps keeps going if you go down that road. Don't forget. There's always bigger and bigger ponds. And to top it off, I'm with all the dogs. It's a new season and we're still breathing. And I got a really big team, and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team.